Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that we can actually be here together. Um, this is our first podcast. I'm Dan Kozel. I'm here with our partner here, Nick Tartaglia. Um, this this is the New Gen Mindset Podcast, episode one, right, Nick? Yeah, exactly. First episode, finally getting to start this. Been a long time coming. This this little journey. So I think what's important, and we'll get right into it because we're kind of in a very interesting yeah. time right now. I feel like history is writing the books right now. We're, li- we're, we're living in a script, basically. Um, yeah. Why did we start this and how did we come about it, right? So maybe maybe you could just talk about how we met. I think that's yeah. kind of where it really kicked off. So basically, um, we've, been in the, we've been investors for a while, I guess. And uh, we both clearly have a lot of exposure to the marijuana sector for a long time. And uh, we tend to attend private investment suppers and lunches where we can meet CEOs and corporate management. And just to kind of get involved with the industries and sector, face-to-face with the people running the companies allows us to kind of evaluate the individuals as well as uh, like fundamentally evaluate a business. So one of my biggest positions, which is Iantis, U.S. Marijuana MSO, you were at one of the, um, you were at one of the lunches we went to there at La Poipanche downtown Montreal. So, and then we sat right next to each other because we were the only two kids there. (laughs) Everyone else is these big shot. I'm sure they're all relatively wealthy. Grizzly uh, veterans. Exactly. We were the two kids there and we just kind of clicked, connected on the fact there were two little, two young guys from Montreal just trying to make our own path, you know? Yeah. And I think that's kind of where the idea, just the seeds were planted. And the one thing I think we both had in common was the fact that um, we want to help people, right? I think that's really the common theme. Um, But we want to help people basically understand money, right? This is the, probably the most important time to understand it. Now, we want everybody to know, too, that when we started this, um, we did not think that we were going to be in a mini apocalypse. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just to give a quick little insight on that. So, like, literally, just as I'm about, like, before this all really turned, you know, you heard about a case or two in China. But literally, nobody was even, like, remotely thinking that this was the outcome. Because this never really impacted the global economy, which we are a global economy now. No one country is strong really alone. If the moment you're kicked out of the global economy, you're nothing anymore. So nobody really saw this impacting supply chain and global movement. So I'm there helping people that I'm telling everybody, you know, for some of my clients or people I'm talking to, the most thing I'm telling everybody is just, you know, be a little patient. If you're going to go in, enter, but enter slowly because we are all-time highs. It's been almost a bear market, um, bull market for 11 years. So not necessarily that I saw a huge pullback, but I was more weighing the fact that you could have seen something trigger in the market that I just said, you know what, let's take some profits and let's, the market will come down a bit. Yeah. So, you know, maybe enter 50, 60% maybe 70%, keep some cash, you know, and keep feeding your cash aspect of your balance sheet. But that this was, and this happened so quick. I did not like, hey, wow, it just came out of nowhere. Right. So, so we'll take, we'll take a step back. We'll get to talking about stocks and positions real quickly on like what our investor philosophies are. Yeah. But again, I think, I think the opportunity and sort of the gap in the marketplace right now is just people yeah. trying to understand what money is, how money is invested, what it is that they can do to get, you know, their financial goals attached. And a lot of people don't have that. Right. And much to everyone's surprise, the largest bull market in history, which you talked about, just, just, just ended. Right. So followed by the fastest drop in the market in the history. Yeah. Like Like we were just saying before, right. We could have, you could start coming up with new terminology for the market just because of (laughs) new things that are happening that even the OGs of the industry have never even seen themselves. Yeah, like, uh, what, what was the one that you were talking about? Uh, the, it was the hawk dive. It's, <laughs> a, it's a subcategory of a bear market because hawks are known to be divers. So they just go up high and then they sweep down. They, they, they get all narrow and they just dive and cut through right through the sky and they get at their prey. So like <laughs> instantaneous dip two weeks in and biggest drop we've ever seen in the fastest amount of time. Yeah. So we're, we're literally coming up with terms now because yeah. this, is, this is how... We, we want our listeners to understand how quickly things have changed. Okay. Now, we are, what day are we in in quarantine right now? This is- uh, well, quarantine, like since Montreal kind of, uh, so like how we would define that? Montreal, Canada, borders shut down. I, I, I would say, I would say us right now. I think we were basically so, about. Yeah, so I would say about a week officially since people have actually started taking quarantine a little more serious than before. 
about prob- a weekend, prob- maybe a full week. A full week, yeah. So a I'm real serious, yeah. I've been isolated for about 12 days. It's my 12th yeah. day. And but it's been like work business-wise, I would say a full day of like since last Monday. I feel like all this week going into this week. So if you wouldn't, yeah. So I would say about almost two weeks by the end of the week. Yeah. So this, again, these are, these are unheard of. And what people might not understand too is the economic implications, right? Oh, 100%. So I think, you know, the, yeah. I think the theme for this episode and our first talk is really going to be centered on what is going to happen from a macroeconomic standpoint. Yeah. And then what should investors be looking at in terms of opportunities? Because yeah. this is, like you said, the fastest sell-off we've seen in the history of the world. And it's triggered, it's triggered everything. Everything's being impacted. And they don't want to close the New York Stock Exchange because they want to be able to save the other asset classes. So the the equity market, you know, like commodities, gold, futures, it's kind of become the, uh, the, the shoulder, the, the guys, like it's the asset class that's basically uh, burning their shoulders for the other asset classes. So they don't want to trigger the debt crisis. They don't want to. And now what we see today with clearly the health, I, I just reposted a thing there from uh, Bloomberg, I believe it was, no, CNBC or Bloomberg, where uh, 40, more than, uh, was it, 45% of all cases in New York City were under the, half, uh, no, sorry. More than six, half of all cases in yeah. New York City were under 45 years old. Yeah, yeah. Now that's which is significant. That's a that's a that's a pretty big problem right there yeah. because that just shows you how deep of a crisis, a health crisis to the U.S. Yeah, is probably exactly. Gonna go because one of the yeah, go go. I was just gonna say I think the one thing that this you know coronavirus that is exposing the world right now is really showing everyone's weakness. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think at a time like this, as individuals, as businesses, as investors, you got to stay calm. Right. Yeah, that, 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 that first week where the cases were starting to come in to North America, um, I'd say was, there, we, we, we've never seen panic buying like that. Right. No, absolutely not. It like, wasn't, no, it was, it was beyond. And it was the number one thing that people were looking at was sanitizer toilet paper before toilet paper became an issue here. I saw, I saw it becoming an issue in Hong Kong because Hong Kong had a, nearly a whole year of revolt going on with the younger generation versus the, the political system because it's still tied into China. And then they trickle down into now talking about their real estate taking a hit. And then all of a sudden the coronavirus kicks in. And then just around the start of hearing it in China, you start hearing about how Hong Kong is starting to hoard toilet paper and how some people are paying thousands of dollars on the internet just to get it shipped to their house. And then all of a sudden you see it here, everybody hoarding toilet paper. There's plenty of it on the shelves and in the supply channels and stuff. And I just, because everybody's consuming it so quick, the, the logistic companies don't have enough time to properly bring it out because the uh, purchasing uh, layover time is just, it's faster than they're normally used to. Well, that too, right? It's called a, it's called a shock to the system. It's a shock to the, the demand system, system that um, yeah. is completely driven by fear and irrational, irrationality and, or just irrational behaviors, right? And 100%. it's something that gets talked about, I think, in a lot of textbooks for, for, for schools and whatnot. Until you actually see it, you don't quite understand 100%. it. And I think the entire world right now shares sort of the same idea as to like, wait, you're waiting in line in a grocery store. There's people lining up stockpiling all kinds of toilet paper, you know, bottled water lineups in Costco that we we've never seen before. So the, the behaviors of people are, 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 you know, it's, it's a shock to the system right now. There's going to be companies that are going to benefit from this. There's no question. Um, you know, Costco, we just talked about it. They're going to have probably their best quarter ever because the amount of bulk purchases that were happening were astronomical. Um, Walmart to like basically essential retail shops. Um, obviously zoom. I mean, this, this, what we're doing right now, we're doing yeah, it over 100%. zoom. Zoom's been shooting up to the sky. Ticker ZM on the New York stock exchange. Here's so, a question. Here's a question just to continue yeah. off what you just said right there. So Think of it this way, right? Because normally if everybody's hoarding, which implies that a lot of people are going to have excess supplies, if there's going to be excess supplies in most households, implies that certain product categories that people normally consume on a regular basis, on a monthly or bi-monthly or on a quarterly basis, they may, not, they may go a year without it. So even though right now there's a massive increase of sales, most food and product retail stores could possibly see a leveling off of revenues later on because then realize, well, later on, well, I don't need product. I don't need this. I don't need that. I have a ton of it at home. I don't need that. And then you're just going to see grocery stores with food consuming because everyone has hoarded everything else. 
I mean, that's, that's, that's yet to be determined though. Yeah, but exactly. I think, but I think it, you know, like a short-term potential play, you upswing it because in reality, your earnings are a short-term increase. We don't know if it's truly going to be sustained because people are buying excess amounts right now. Right. So this is later on. Th- this is the difference right now between a yeah. trader and an investor, right? Yeah. A trader and an investor. And we'll get to that, but I, let, let's yeah. take, let's take another step back here in terms of just talking about like money and the importance of money. Like we're going to see the largest probably unemployment uh, yeah. shift that we've, again, we've ever seen in the world. Um, the amount of debt that's being poured into the, to market right now just demonstrates that money is just going to continue to be printed, continue to be printed. Like what, what, what do people our age need to understand right now? Like if you, if we could tell them one thing about money as a whole right now, like what, what do they need to understand in order to realize, okay, there's going to be another crisis. It's yeah. not going to be in two years. It's not going to be in three years. It's not going to be in six years. It'll probably be every eight, eight to 10 years. But what could they do today and right now to better understand how to stay obviously ahead of the game, financially literate, and just understand money? Honestly, like, you know, you, you, we, we have these conversations all the time and it never gets tired, tiring because it just, it's, a, it's just so repetitive. It's just, you see it on a daily basis of people just not paying attention. Honestly, I think it's the most important thing is one, wanting to be proactive, wanting to be ahead of the game because that's what an investor is. You're trying to see the future value of your dollar. So to protect that future value, you have to start thinking now. It's a chess game at the end of the day. Chess game, there's the outcome is nailed. You want to hit, you want to win and get to the king. Well, you can't get to the king if you don't start planning your head multiple steps out. Being proactive, being, being informed, staying on top of asset classes and how the world works, the whole world is connected to the capital market. You can't do anything without money somehow impacting what you do in life. So just being aware of things, being caring more than ever before, because people seem to just passively put their money aside and assume that they'll be fine 20 years down the line because the bank will just take them. Yeah, it's a matter yeah. of just educating yourself. Just not even that, you don't have to spend your day as if it was a job. Like us, us, it's, this is our life. This is what we want to do. This is what we love to do. Right. Like others, it's a matter of just asking questions, reading, watching something, just not being afraid to be informed. Yeah. And I think that also comes down to not being afraid to ask a silly question right because i think at the end of it because but i also think it's you know it's important to understand that the quality of your question question is most likely going to determine the quality of your answer right so that does come down to the education aspect that we're talking about which is you know don't be ignorant with your money right if if the more you ignore your money the longer you do it one day you're going to wake up it's you're going to be 40 50 years old you're going to be like wait where's my life and where's my money it's that future value. If you care about your life exactly. and you care about establishing something, it means that you care about your end result. So you have to plan 30, 40 years. You can't plan and, and think ahead if you have no idea what you're doing in the moment, if you don't know where you're allocating your capital, if you don't know what the future is going to look like. Even though the future is a guessing game every day of every day of our life, the more you stay on top of variables that come out, the right. more ahead you can stay at the game and the more likely you are to kind of benefit and end up with the results you want to have. And even right. if that means getting someone in your life to help you for it, there's people out there that are willing to do that. Yeah. You just have to find someone or seek it yourself one way or the other. I, I also don't think it's wrong to ask people for help. No, I think, absolutely I th- not. I think, I think if anything, if you, if you don't want to seek help from anyone, like you're falling into that category of being ignorant, you know, like it's, 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 there's always something to learn, right there. You need to constantly feed your brain. And the moment you say, no, I don't need help. I know how to do this. I'll figure it out. Well, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And it's the same thing with money, right? People kind of get that first paycheck and they're just like, Oh, nice. Let me just do this with it. Let me go spend it on this. Next thing you know, you got to wait for it. They don't really invest it. They spend three years there. They don't, they don't save it up. And next thing you know, they're just living paycheck to paycheck. I'll, I'll throw a stat out at, at, at everybody right now, but I think about 78% of people in, a, in the U S are living paycheck to paycheck. And I think in Canada, that number is obviously just a little bit higher. It's about 78 percent if i'm not mistaken um i'll take that from forbes and bloomberg but yeah um one of the it's it's a very high number it's a number that to me personally worries sort of 
the, the level of thinking and sort of the shock that's going to happen after this is all said and done. Right. So, um, like you'd said, it's important to really be aware of what's going on and there's nothing. And, and this is what we're here to do guys. Like our, our audience, our listeners, like we're, we're, this is a journey where we're going to talk about stuff that's happening on a weekly basis. We're going to tell you what specifically is going on because this is important. Yeah. And if you don't take the time one to two hours a day to fundamentally understand, okay, what's going on with my money, it'll disappear. You will not have any left. I can almost, I can almost assure you of that. You know, Nick, Nick's been doing this for, for, we've been doing, you've been doing it for, for six years. Like serious, serious four years. Yeah. For serious four years. Like I'm really putting all my energy and time into this. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to build a nest egg, right? That's, that's I'm the key, sorry. right? So we, we, we no. Yeah, what were you going to say? Well, I was just saying, it's it. It's, it's the objective is I want the market to become my place for my wealth and I want it to feed me. So my objective is create as much cash flow as possible, funnel it to the market where you're basically a shareholder in some sort of big corporate company. So that day a stock is nothing more than a share yeah. and you just want to be a, a part owner in a big company. So that's all it is. So right. allocate as much capital, let it grow, feed it, invest properly. And then down the line, it takes care of you through corporate dividends and selling a profit gains and stuff like that. Right. So, so we'll, we'll talk about that right now. Just Dude, that I'm just going to cut off. I'm going to put a light there because this thing is going out. Uh, he's just hiding there. We're still recording, but it's okay. We'll, we'll keep, we'll keep going here. Um, there you go. much better now. Perfect. So it didn't one, make sense before with the, with all the light outside. So now <laughs> it didn't make sense before that little bit of light with the nut and then the sun just vanished within 20 minutes. It's, it's the core. It's the quarantine effect of Montreal. Eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So I just wanted to, what basically what I want to say was, um, so now that we're, now that we're on this issue, because obviously the first episode is going to have to kind of revolve around the coronavirus since, well, well, we didn't, we, again, we didn't well, plan this, but no, hundred percent. Is... <laughs> Our plan was not that. Our plan was, you know, kind of start just talking about finances in general, but just ironically it being quite a, um, a historical moment in our lives as being 20 in our late in our later 20s and seeing something that we never thought would happen or not necessarily from an outside factor such as a virus we'll call it, supply, we'll yeah. call it a once in a century event because that's 100 percent. It, it, it this is an outside variable not caused from within that came in completely put us on our knees on as a global economy it hurt everybody and now it's questioning everything from our economy to unemployment, to supply chains, to our healthcare system, to uh, work home life balance, to even, uh, how would I say it? Um, uh, what was it? To even uh, our health, our health in general, like we're seeing there with New York, where most of the, more than half the cases over 45, uh, under 45. If health is such a big, like obesity and health problems, which burden so much of our economy because of all the tax dollars that get fed into that it's straining the system and all of a sudden you have the corona coming in and now it's not only infecting so many more people it's going to continue to burden the the well the, we're, we're like, seeing we're, we're seeing with the stimulus right they're they're, they're pumping out about six trillion dollars in the u.s canada is not nowhere near that but for from a canadian standpoint we're pumping out a hundred billion dollars of stimulus these are numbers do, these are numbers that have never been seen before in terms of just federal aid, right? hundred percent. Think of it. They just planned officially that they want to give a thousand five hundred dollars us per American adult. And they want to give $500 us per child right. in the economy. And if you're looking at a population of 350 million citizens, three, yeah, 350 million citizens, that's uh, you're looking at a lot of money being pumped into the market. Well, yeah. And I think it also comes down to the fact that, you know, these are, uh, situations that you you can't you can't even avoid because if you shut down an entire economy, yeah. um, and th this is the other global movement, too. global this, movement exactly. And this is the other thing too, which you talked about earlier was the fact that everything is connected, right? We live on an economic planet, whether we like it or not. Okay, 100%. you and, you and I, we love it, and that's why we're doing this. But there's other people where they walk around and they say. Uh, I don't need to know numbers. I don't need to understand economics. Listen, yeah. at the end of the day, what's happening now is revealing the fact that every single person on this planet needs to fundamentally understand how the economic system works. I, I, 
Yeah, go, go, finish, finish, finish. Well, what were you going to say? Well, I would just say, I, I, I always say it's a game, right? In a game, you have rules. It is. If it you is. either abide by the rules and you have a likelihood of winning, well, yeah. you challenge the rules and, well, guess what? You just don't get to play. Right. And what this are the, the landscape? So, 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 so what are the rules right now? Like what should people be doing right now? Like get, let's, let's talk about three rules that everybody should have right now for their money. Okay. Game. So I would assume that most people's, okay. I would say half of the, let's say how, how many people do we think are going to be impacted this financially in terms of their revenues? I, I would say, I would say half of half, Canadian households. Half. So that's a, that's a pretty big number. That's about, what just, is it like 17 million people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they are saying this is one of the fastest spreading viruses we've ever seen. 100%. Like it's so quick. So if we say, so even if we're wrong for the sake of discussion, we're going to go at half. So if we're looking at half of the population that has basically an outlook where revenues are going to take a hit. So that means less cash flow coming in. Most of the Canadians in Canada or most citizens in North America in general, of course, for countries are heavily burdened by debt. And guess what they need? They need their cash flow to, to be able to sustain their debt levels if they don't now you're going to trigger some debt so one obviously don't go start building up more debt unless you're an investor like ourselves who who are willing to risk based on knowing what we're doing to right. kind of leverage some lower interest debt to play the market but again if you don't know what you're doing and you're just going to take an, you're trying to take an opportunity you might be at risk so one obviously don't go just taking money just because you see an opportunity without knowing what you're doing Two, try to seek revenues Okay, well, not be, if I start so, listening so, that so, way, I'm going to start seeing a bunch of stuff. So, 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 so hold on, hold on. Let's take a step yeah, back because yeah. we're, we're definitely on to something here. I think yeah. the first thing is the most important thing. There, and there's a really good video that explains it by Ray Dalio. It's on YouTube. I encourage everyone who's listening right now to check it out. It's called How the Economic Machine Works. But that's exactly what Nick is talking about, which is essentially that people have income coming in, but they also need, they have to pay bills, Right. It's inevitable at this point. We, every we need a person, every person, every human being in life is like a, a business. You have income yeah. coming in just like a business. Yeah. You have expenses just like of a business. You have profit margins just like a business. Right. Now, what is the objective of every business to increase shareholder value, which implies just making the company more worth it? One, continue to increase your revenues, continue to increase your cash position, and three, improve your ROI. Invest your, 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 your cash flow to increase your return on investment to yeah. continue to grow. Right. So this, this is almost coming down to the individual now, right? Yeah. There, there, there should, like, people should be getting revenue, but also looking at an investment in themselves as well. So that could mean, you know, for example, what I'm doing is I'm learning options trading right now. I'm paying about a significant amount, but I'm looking at that as a return on an investment for myself, right? So yeah, that's you what you mean. Like a job, if you treat it like a job, you could more than likely see results. But if you think you're going to enter something with half-assing it, especially something that requires a lot of time and energy and dedication, your results are very unlikely. Yeah, you got to go all in on that, right? So I 100%. think it's, and I think this also applies to it, it. For example, it doesn't necessarily have to be options trading. I'll use an no, artist, there's for example. so many let, categories. Let, let's, let's use an artist, for example, because th th that group, and I'm not trying to like, call people out, but I feel like that group tends to be like, I don't need to know economics. I don't need to know numbers. The reality is you're an artist. You're trying to be a musician. For example, you're going to invest your time and your money into your instrument, into your vocal classes, into, you know, getting a label out there. And I'm sure we have some listeners that are trying to do that as well. And I applaud you for that, but you have to understand the money game, right? So if you get a paycheck that comes in, if you got cash coming in, which is what Nick is talking about, which is revenue, right? When you have that revenue come in, what are you doing with it? Okay. Well, you need 50% of it to go to yourself as an investment, right? That's obviously a long-term bet. You're betting on yourself, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's, it's exactly. On, it's, you're like, you're like, you're like a small, like, cause, cause I like to compare everything to the, the business landscape. So if you're going to, if you're going to start comparing it for in our world, we look at that like a high growth, small cap businesses that are in hyper mode where they're trying to create value and create something and they're, and they have, and they're chasing that money and they're making that money and you don't go spending it. You try to save as much as as capital as possible to right. make sure you can cover your debt, to make sure you continue to feed your brand and your product. Right. So, so, so the debt aspect is, is the one thing that the banks like to give basically, you know, anybody who turns 18, what's the first piece of debt that they give you is a credit card, right? Yeah. And there is no education for that. 
It's no. here's a credit card. You're qualified. Are you interested? And I, the it's, first thing that, yeah. the first thing that comes to mind in that person is I just got a 5,000 or $3,000 credit card that I could use to spend. Right. And that's, that's also not a good thing. Right. So yes, credit is good. Uh, but there but, is, but there is a form how of, to manage it. Yeah. But you need to understand how to manage it. Right. You, you can't just, you know, spend, 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 and then realize, oh, I have less income coming in. And by the end of the month, you've maxed out your credit card. It's like, whoa, like, how do you have to pay that off? So these are things, these are basic things that a lot of people just don't fundamentally understand because of, because, because of education, right? The, the, The education system needs to, and I think this will change now. I made a video about this. I made a YouTube video saying that I think the two industries that we're going to change this decade, I didn't think it would be like this though, considering we have this virus going around, but I was going to say that it was education and yeah, finance. I agree now. A hundred percent agree. Education. Those are the two sectors or industries that are going to change tremendously this decade. And we're seeing it right now, right? How many of your friends are in school right now uh, that are doing online courses, right? I'm sure there's Everybody, a buddy. That's why like before when I was talking about the whole putting the question in the, in the work life balance, it's the same thing with school. It's getting to study from home, getting to work from home. Your home is going to become a, because of technology, we're going to have to become more flexible society and more adaptable yeah. to be able to do what we need to do yeah. on the go and anywhere we need to be. Yeah. And if that's also the case, the whole cost and the burden, the financial burden on the educational system from a tax dollar or a consumer dollar in the United States could drastically change. If you could bring everything online, you know how much money the whole, especially in Canada, since well, Canada, well, Quebec, we pay. And in Canada, we pay a lot for uh, parts of it, but it's not entirely privatized. So a lot of that could reduce costs significantly and completely what you, also. What, what, what do you mean though? Just so it just so, so like, because um, for example, uh, a lot of universities in Canada are subsidized by the government. Right. So that's through tax dollars. So if you can allow a system which has a lot of costs because you have properties, you have people, you have to run everything that people have to come, uh, buildings and a system and infrastructure where people have to come to has a much more expensive burden, uh, cost burden. If you right. move, if you transition online, those costs come drastically down. Right. Because a lot of those things aren't necessary anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's also a discussion that a lot of, you know, businesses that don't necessarily need offices are going to start having, like, where can they cut costs? Oh, we don't necessarily need an office space. We can have everyone work from home now. Mm-hmm. Like these are, these are serious shifts that are just going to change the way we work for, 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 forever. But I, yeah, yeah what are you going to say? I, just I believe, I believe that like the coronavirus really put that into perspective for us, flexibility, mm-hmm. adaptability in terms of work, because if you can't work and you're put on your knees, the economy stops and we don't want the economy to stop. No. So if we have to hibernate or we need to go somewhere, we need to move. Adaptability is such a necessary component. Yeah. <clears throat> So, and then, so if you look at the Corona, it's putting that into question. It's also putting our health into question, our healthcare into question. It's putting our supplies chains into question and the dependency on tourism for some countries to kind of build an infrastructure that's not entirely dependent on that, which now you're starting to see with the airline problem. Oh, so geez, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Putting, so many things are putting into perspective all because of an outside variable that we could not have accounted for. Yeah. And it just, it, it, it goes to show you just how fragile the system is. Yeah. It goes to show you just how ridiculously fragile the system is. Like, like we, if you had told me when we were planning this podcast back in November that 2020, we were going to have a pandemic that would shut yeah. down an economy. There is not a single freaking person, person on this planet. I don't care how smart you are, unless you're Bill Gates. Wait, the, he just, he predicted that there he, would eventually be a scenario where because of a pandemic, because of a right. virus, which he's a brilliant man. So. Right. But he, it, he probably didn't anticipate it being this quickly. You, I don't think, I don't even think he actually even saw it impacting our finances, uh, the economy in general to this yeah. level. 
And that's a great video that if I, I'm sure about half the population has already watched, but on if you TED haven't Talks. seen that TED talk, it's from 2015. He's in Vancouver. Yeah. He's talking about how the next thing that is a war or that's going to slow down the human race is a virus. And, and one of the, uh, one of the biggest movies that became popular on Netflix was uh, contagion that was made yeah. 10 years ago or 12 years ago. something like that literally talking about a virus that initiated in a food market. Yeah. In Asia, and <laughs> came over and created a pandemic. Exactly, it was crazy. Now we're we're never we're we're never gonna talk about politics here in terms of like our ideologies and stuff like that. We don't want to do that. Our, the because purpose, it does because we cannot not say that it does not impact the financial it, markets. It, it does it, exactly, absolutely. So I, ideologies aside, right? Let's not talk about that. But in terms of sort of the way the system and the structure is set up, it definitely affects the way economics, budgets, you know, Fed, Fed and uh, Bank of Canada balance sheets are set up. Like these are important things that people just need to have on their periphery if they're not well-focused, right? Yeah. The, the, the political system is, is the base infrastructure to our entire economy. If you yeah. have a strong political system, you have good government controlling good capital flows, allowing free, free capitalism, uh, businesses to run the way they, they need to run, protect themselves the way they need to run, people to have jobs, people to pay proper taxes, and those tax dollars probably be properly used. You have yourself a good economy that grows. They always say one of the biggest ways to dictate the health of an economy is one through the financial markets and your middle class. And North America, first world countries, they tend to have a strong middle class, even though it's heavily supported by debt, you know, they're still considered middle class because they have access to money. Right. And that's just how the system is set up. So um, I think it's important to right. So when we're talking about wealth creation, when we're talking about the new gen mindset, right, this is a millennial, this is a millennial defining, we'll call it a, a, a turning point in our lives. People, right? people are going to become a little more enlightened by the situation because now everybody's going to be on the phone. So everybody's going to be paying attention. Everybody, yeah. not a single human being, I believe, that's on social media has not seen the, the craziness that's been going on the stock market. Of course, they're probably more afraid than anything because they don't understand why or exactly why and how it's impacting the market. Even though for us, we're, we're investors, we're observers. We're meant to observe and watch it. Our job is to be patient and make sure to execute when we need to execute properly. But for them, it's probably going to cause fear. Uh, it's panic selling, panic buying. Which is, what, which, is, which is what we've seen pretty much these last... It's like this last this last month, right? It's 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 pretty crazy what happened. So I think what 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 needs to come down to, and I think the main takeaway for our listeners right now is, we created something called the DPPC framework. Okay, and Nick and I are going to talk about this with you guys real quickly. I think this is something that has worked for me. Uh, I've got a lot of people saying like, "How do you stay so you know? How do you stay on top of your stuff?" Nick, I'm sure gets you know you you have. Your, your acquaintances and friends are like, how does Nick stay on top of his stuff? And the reason is because of this framework, right? So it's discipline, persistence, patience, and consistency, right? So let's, let's, talk, let's, let's talk about it, all of them and why this is important, right? Because this does relate back to like just understanding economics, but it also relates back to, okay, how do I make this part of my financial goals, right? So um, it's about habits, right? We know this right? Of course. So the, the, the number, the number one thing that becomes so complicated is the fact that unlike school, where here's an assignment, you have to learn this and you have a test. That's it. That's all. Nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't allow you to project future need for education. If you, if you're going to enter the world of finances, you need to be proactive. You need to be aware of the future. You need to be attentive to everything that's going on. Because as we said before, everything impacts the financial market, everything. And right. everything impacts it on a daily basis. It may not have one day, boom, something comes out like the coronavirus that has a drastic impact, but there are certain things that can accumulate over a year, over two. And as you start building those pieces, you start creating that picture. Okay. I'm going to be more, I'm going to, I'm going to start being wary of the markets or this is, this could become a problem because the last three years, this has been going on. Or as we said, you know, 10, 12 years of a bull market, so much money being pumped into the market, so much debt accumulation. You know, everybody's been, everyone was saying, you know, everything that comes up bound is bound to come down. Like there has to be a transition period. Right. If you're not paying attention to these things, you're, 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 you're taken from the blind side because you don't know what's going on. And then, then you have this drastic fear and then it makes it worse because you don't even want to enter the market because right. you're so afraid and you don't understand. 
So, so, so let's, let's talk about that first point there, the discipline aspect, right? Like what you're talking about means that somebody who panic sells and somebody who is, you know, panic buying or just, you know, just when they see the market going down, there's all this fear that goes on in them. I think it's because they lack the discipline. The right? discipline is literally tied to your psychology. A hundred percent. So how is it, how, how is it tied to the psychology? It's, it's just psychology. It's, are you able to proactively take information, process it, and then try to seek an answer without reacting. Because if you react without right. understanding something, everything you're doing is more than not going to be ended up in a, as a failure. You don't enter something without knowing why. So if, if you're going to sell, if, you're, if you see everything coming and you say, you know what, I have to sell, I'm about to lose all my money, and you sell, it, history has shown that if you keep your money, you're more than not always end up, you, well, you will. You always end up coming back up. It's just a matter of patience. So discipline allows you to, stay calm, allows you to want to go and uh, establish some understanding of your landscape and the environment and to just, you're, you're looking, you're looking at things objectively, right? Like when, 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 when you get some type of information, it's so easy to, when you get that information, you look at it from an emotional standpoint. The easiest thing to do is like when somebody chirps you or somebody makes fun of you is to tell that person, Oh, well, you know, fuck you, excuse my French, but it, you know, that's such an easy reaction. But if you let that person just do, you know, his thing and you kind of just stick to your own thing and you kind of apply that to like what discipline is like that builds and that takes time, right? That doesn't happen overnight. I'm going to be honest with you. This did not like, for me, it did not happen overnight, you know, just being disciplined. This took years. This took about seven years of my life to really figure out, okay, how do I stay disciplined? How do I stay committed to my goals? Right. And I think that's important, right? When you get information, look at it objectively, but then also say, okay, what are the other variables that I have to look at? Right. I think people, I think the most important aspect of everything we're talking about towards discipline is wanting to care about your money. You work so hard for it. You work, you bleed. It, it's, it literally consumes most of your life till most people right. 65, seven years old. They're probably looking at prolonging retirement now because most people won't be able to afford to retire at 60 or before right. that. So you work so hard. You dedicate so much of your time and education, life and energy towards making money because you need money to survive. And then you just don't care about the, what you do the moment you get it. The moment you get it, who cares? Yeah. But to a point to get money, so important, but how to keep it and how to grow it. I don't want to think about it. I don't even want to understand it. Oh, and they laugh it off. It, you should care. And if you care, then you'll end up having the drive to want to pursue. And that's what I cared about. Right. And that also ties into the next point, right? Which is being patient, right? You, you, you got to be patient. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. If you're looking for a get rich quick scheme, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong mindset. You're always in the wrong you're, mindset. You're always, you're, you're always in the wrong mindset. You're going to lose more money trying to get rich quick if you don't have a long-term plan, right? So it really starts with having it's a, a hedge. A long-term plan is your greatest hedge to any short-term risk you may want to incur in your life. Exactly. So you need patience because if you're not patient, you can't think long and you can't act on those long horizon objectives. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so again, those, those two are tied really close together. The, the next one for us is, and this might get interpreted a little bit differently by most. And I find there's a big misconception by this word, but it, it, it's called persistence, right? Now the word that everyone is saying is similar to that is aggressive and they're not the same, right? Because the word aggressive, believe it or not, and I'm just going to look it up here. I think it's, I think it falls under discipline. Exactly. But the word aggressive, I do believe the, the word aggressive. If you derive the word aggressive, right. It's an act against going, you know, like really being like trying to kill somebody. Right. And you don't want to do that. Right. There, there's, there's a difference between being aggressive and being persistence, right? Persistence means you have a goal, right. A long-term goal. And you're going to do whatever it takes to get there. So even if you have a setback that comes into your life or, you know, your financial plan or whatever, you're going to look at that setback objectively. You're going to say, this is okay. I'm getting a lesson here. I, this is a failure. No, it's not. I'm getting a lesson here. What lessons can I take away from this right now? And we'll use the coronavirus as an example, right? What 
is sort of the main lesson that people can take right now from this pa- pandemic that everyone's, you know, that's, that's a setback. What do you uh, think? Well, Just I definitely example. believe, I really do believe that a lot of people are, are feeling the, uh, the liquidity uh, problem where they're not making right. money and right. now they have no money on the side, no reserves, no nothing exactly. to, to cover all their debts and their, and their everyday living expenses. If you're 30 and you're four years old and that's still a problem, Oh, I'm, I'm like, I hate to be an asshole, but you know, it's just like you're, 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 you're doing it's your, it's your, I'm not even going to be mean. It's you're literally just doing it to yourself. Right. And those are the choices that you made to get to that point. Now, anybody that is 40 right now and is in that position, listen, we're not trying to discourage you. No, we just want, we just want you to take, take a moment to realize, okay, you are at a point in your life right now where the choices you made have led you to that. And right. You have and to that's pivot. Like, yeah. And you now, like, like, like you said, you now have to pivot and say, okay, I need to stay disciplined. I need to stay patient. And I also need to be, you can do persistent. it. The beauty of the capital market is everyone has the possibility to get somewhere. Everyone. Yeah. It's, it's designed for everybody to have access to it. That's why there's, that's why there's public markets. You can, anybody has access to a bank. Everybody has access to a brokerage. Everybody has access to these things. Start feeding it. If you really, really, really don't care and you still, then go feed mutual funds as much as possible <laughs> or GICs, even though oh, I don't like them. That's but another, just, that's another episode, but, we'll, yeah, but, but I, thing, but you know what I mean? Like you, you like just start because if you don't start, you never, you'll never get to where you want to go. It, it might just require more sacrifice at your end, the older you get. That's why I always preach that the younger you are, the more you start to hustle properly at at a younger age, the more you get to benefit later on in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, we're, we're what, we're 26 right now. You're, you're 27, you're 27. Like we're, 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 we're young and hungry. Right. So the one thing that I would say, and this is just to wrap sort of this framework up, right. Is, is the last aspect that's called consistency, right? The word consistency is very, uh, it's thrown around very, consistently <laughs> not again no, no, an no aspect pa- of discipline an aspect of patience everything they all come they all merge right they all they all come together but this last one i find personally is the hardest one to maintain right because having the discipline right requires you to be persistent it requires you to be patient but you need to be consistent i right? think i think so, i think consistency puts into perspective a lot of people's confident with their own uh, their own understanding of their abilities if you believe in yourself and you're confident about what you're doing your likelihood of being confident uh consistent i believe will end up but it will be more uh how how would i how would i say this would be uh, more present you will be more because you're not afraid and you trust yourself yeah, I'm, even if I make a mistake, right. I'm not afraid to be consistent and continue to do what I'm doing because I know that I know what I know, right. and that I'm successful and that I'm, and I know how to do what I'm supposed to be doing. Because you're able to, because you know that you know what you're doing, you're able to do that because, because you're consistent, right? You're doing stuff every single day consistently, right? Yeah. There's and, always another opportunity. Yeah. Always another opportunity. You, something, you mess up, you miss something, it doesn't matter. How many times you look at a stock or a move and you just get shit? I wish I had done it or I should have executed. You go, you know what? There's always an opportunity. Ignore the past, let it go, learn from it and just move on. There's always an opportunity. Just keep pushing ahead. That's the only thing you can do. So again, guys, I, uh, to our listeners, I think it's important if you're listening, write this down. Um, this has been working for us. It's DPPC framework, discipline, patience, persistence, and consistency. You really need to, ne- you really need to understand these definitions. You need to understand how this is applied to you. And before you can actually get started in investing, I think you need to develop these skills, right? Yeah. You can't go into the market. You can't start investing you can't even make money if you uh, consistently or, you know, over a, a long period of time without understanding what these mean. Right. And this Open is what, mind. this is what, this is what new gen mindset is. It's taking these frameworks and applying it to the new world that we're about to enter because everything this is, this is a fact. Is, yeah, exactly. This everything, is just, everything, everything that we're about to see from now on, and what's been building up because of technology, because of our social trends, because of our f- desires to shift 
social desires and global movements, the world that we're going to see in 10 years or 20 years is going to be, is always going to be changing. So new gen mindset, it's just, you have to have a, the back of the day, you, you weren't connected to the world the way we are now. You just weren't. Now we're connected. So you have to be adaptable and you have to stay open and learn from the global economy and the global marketplace, the global social dynamics we have, global political system, and just learn to move. We're surfers. The waves, in the, we're nothing. We're little retailers who just pay attention. At the end of the day, we're nothing but a surfer. The wave either smashes you or you get to ride down with the, the wave. Right. So you got to make a choice, right? And that choice obviously starts with having the right mindset, having goals, being at like uh, the thing I do that works for me. I don't know if you do this, Nick, but I, I write my goals down every day. I've got like three different notebooks, you know, where I'm, I'm kind of just pivoting and writing down, okay, what do I need to do today? What do I need to, how do I need to go through that? You know, and then that, that's what keeps me consistent. It's the same mm -hmm. thing with a financial plan, right? When you have a financial plan, you have a target net worth that you're looking to get to. You're going to make decisions on a daily basis that are going to allow you to be consistent, disciplined. And it helps to put your decision into perspective because you know more concretely your variables. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. some, there's some good stuff that we're going to share with you. Yeah. And so personally, just to get back to what keeps to help you, like I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not much of a guy who likes to write down things. I like to write articles sometimes here and there, but my biggest thing that really helped me was my surround, who I surround myself with. Yeah. That was the most important thing because it's like anything. Amplification is a real thing. So yeah. the more people around you that share that perspective and that mindset, you actually, you're amplified because one, they feed off of your energy and you feed off of theirs. Yeah. And, and you actually move together, right? I know it's like a cliche, but you can, you, you can specialize in different things, but your desired outcome is similar. It's, I want freedom. I want to do what I need to do. I want money. And I just want to live this lifestyle I want to live or live the life I want to live. I want to be smart. I want to be aware of things. I don't want to be ignorant. It's all these desires you, you, when you surround yourself by these type of people, it just makes everything easier because you're never bored. You don't feel alone. It, it, it is important too. like that, that, that saying has been drilled by my parents many times and I am, I'm starting to realize how truthful that statement is, right? We wouldn't be starting this podcast if that was the case. Um, I, I will leave it with one last thing, you know, before we kind of get off uh, and you know, try to try to self quarantine here again and, and eat dinner or whatever it is that we're trying to do. But moving forward, right, Nick, like what's, what's one of the things that you're personally looking to accomplish with this podcast that you could share with everybody right now? With this podcast, it's reach. I want to be able to meet new people. I want to be able to talk to interesting people. Uh, at the end of the day, the objective of this is build a network. Building a network allows me to meet more people. The more people I meet, the more perspectives I get in my life. The more I'm educated, the more I challenge my way of thinking. The podcast for me is a way to just expand my reach and at the same time connect with an audience connect with people right and build a brand right because it is it is about connection right because we're going to bring on we're, we can't wait to share with some of the people that we're going to bring on to this podcast with you guys because there are a lot of people that want to be heard because they they've been looking at what's been going on and they fundamentally understand that there is a big group of people that need to know this information Right. And I find like that's, that's the other thing too, that, you know, we, we both want to accomplish like meeting new people. I want to meet new people through this. I think that's the point of it. Anybody that's listening, I want to meet all of you guys, right? It's just going to help, help you guys. It's going to help us. It's going to help get the message out of what this you really can't means. be. We can't be in a tunnel vision, a tunnel vision. Well, I mean, to, to our focus should be tunnel vision, but we can't be alone in it because then right. Your, your world is a lot, the world doesn't work on an individual level. It works by connection where we're a connected and massive global dynamic environment. If you're not connected to people, to a network, you, you, you're not going to go anywhere because it, the, the world is not designed to do things as an individual. I mean, unless you're purely in the market, but again, the market, <laughs> day traders, those are the again, exceptions. <laughs> yes, 100%, but then again, guess what? Everything that impacts the, the market is based off of what? Psychology, psychology human and human behavior. So at the end of the day, if you don't understand how people think and behave, you won't succeed in that. Yeah. And again, that's really why we're doing this. Like we want to help 
people. We want to meet people and we want to be able to educate people on the economic implications of our lives every single day. Because it is, it is everybody cares, seems to care about their health, cares about their education, even though they don't seem to continue it the moment they're done school, which right. is that that's, that's a big failure on most people's part. And everybody wants money, but yet the irony of everybody wanting money is nobody seems to want to do the work right. and due diligence to build that. So, so, so I'll leave, I'll leave, I'll leave the listeners with one little quote that I don't know. I don't know who said this might've been Ray Dalio, but I was on a group chat the other night and there was a bunch of Bitcoin people in Montreal. Uh, there's a really interesting guy. His name's Fred Pye. He owns, uh, he's one of the fund managers for the Canadian Bitcoin fund. So I encourage you guys to check him out. He's a really cool guy, but we were in that group chat and there was a debate that was going on where people were like, well, you know, if the health is not good, why does Trump care so much about the economy or the stock market and this, that, that. And I kind of just wrote out a thing here and I was just like, listen, the economy is about people. If people are not healthy, there is no economy. And I, and I find that's the simplest way of just explaining what economics is. If 100%. you can understand what that means, which I'm sure 110% of people can, the rest and you become curious to learn more, we're going to help you get there, right? 100%. Think of it. A healthy economy implies we have more opportunities. We get to build our economy more. Look at it. Look at North America and look what the first world country has allowed us to develop. Look at tech. Look where we stand nowadays with technology. That wouldn't, that just wouldn't be possible if we were always every day living in poverty. You need, yeah. you, you need, you need, you, you need people with desire. You need businesses. You need free landscape. You need people to be healthy. You don't have a labor force. You don't have healthy people. And if you have unhealthy people, you put so much burden on the healthcare system, which again, you pay it. Us everyday people, we pay for our own healthcare system. And the, when you go and you get yourself sick, now you're wasting your own money and you're wasting everybody else's money. That yeah. can be put into building our infrastructures, building our educational system, improving our healthcare system, all these factors. Yeah. And I a think health, a healthy individual makes a better economy. Yeah. And I think this virus is teaching us exactly what you just said. So guys, thank you so much for listening. This is the first episode, the first ever episode of New Gen Mindset Podcast, just to give you a little spiel about what we're going to be talking about. I think it's a great time. Nick, we're going to have a great time doing this. We're going to come yeah. to you every week. Um, you can check us out on Instagram. It's at new gen mindset pod on Instagram. We're going to get a YouTube yeah. page as well. Website, yeah, website Nick, running a newsletter. We're, we're going to get a newsletter going too. We're going to keep yeah. you guys informed as to what is going on and how you guys can basically get your finances, your mindset right about money. So thank you so much for listening. Nick, any final words? I'm, I'm, this is a nice day. First episode. I I'm excited because this is going to be a good start to, uh, even though the landscape is weird, eh, this is a fantastic moment to be alive. They say fear breeds bigger opportunity. Yeah. So let's, let's it's have a learning fun moment for us. <laughs> All right, guys. We're observers. Go. Exactly. Good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ciao guys. <laughs>